All right, this is the Bill Sang Podcast. I am here with Jason Dezurek. Jason and I have already gotten started. It's been a while since we spoke. We've been friends for quite some time now. And uh, Jason and I met through Worldview Warriors, and uh, we are here to talk tonight about having a, uh, not a victim mindset, I'm sorry, a victory mindset. I, I got a couple of Bible verses here. My, sure. My wife was kind enough actually to write them out for me. And that I was have nice one. Of her. I know, right? <laughs> She's got very good handwriting too, so it's easy to read. Uh, the other one, and there's one that I do not have written down that I will find in my Bible here. And I just want to read these off real fast. The Bible does speak to this, this concept mm. of having a victory mindset. I look at, did I, did I say victim before? Victory no, mindset. you said victory, yeah. Okay, good, good. I couldn't tell if I said victory or victim. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, I hope I said the right thing. Uh, Romans 8.37. And mind you, yes, I know there's more context to these, by the way. But Romans 8.37 says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors mm. through him who loved us. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, uh, The spirit that God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. I want to interrupt you real oh, quick right here ahead. because, yes. friends, again, I want to I want to share with you one more thing about just, just the importance of having a victory mindset. Okay, uh, victory mindset, being a mentally strong, spiritually strong in the Lord. Look, a person who has a victory mindset, or you're mentally strong, they don't give away their power. Mm-hmm. Okay? They don't give away their power. Now, please hear all of this. They don't allow others to control them. By the way, I'm not talking about God Almighty. I'm talking about another person. They don't allow others to control them, and they don't give someone else power over them. This is For, for me, when I first heard this, I was like, oh, my gosh, the scales are falling off, not just my eyes, but my ears. <laughs> it's amazing. Again, they don't say things like, my boss makes me feel bad. Because they understand that they are in control over their own emotions and they have a choice in how to respond. So if you are an employee somewhere and you're working for someone and you are just grumple dumpus, okay? You are just <laughs> grumping all the time. I would really encourage you to take a good check, a look in the mirror and say, why am I like this? Don't go, why is my boss such a jerk? No, no, no. Maybe your boss, um, maybe they are a jerk, <laughs> but you don't have to choose to be there. You can move on. By the way, did you know there's tons of jobs available right now? <laughs> They're all over the place. And I'm not saying now is the time to start a business, but to be an entrepreneur... Is it hard? You darn right, it's hard. It, it's hard. It stinks, okay? However, it gives you so much freedom, you, you just can't even imagine it mm. until you start doing it. It really is great. So don't give your power away. And, and I know that that is hard to hear for some. I, it was hard for me. One thing, uh, if it's all right, I'd like to share as well is Years ago, I had a gentleman sink his life into mine. And I just want to share this concept quick and maybe sometime later on in another podcast, hopefully Bill will have me back on. Uh, we, we can talk about this some more, but it's called the Board of Directors for Life. And this changed my life. I mean, like massively, okay? What all it is, is 
You have a board of directors for your life, not the company you work for, not the ministry, whatever, for your life. So Jesus Christ is your full-time president and CEO. Like for the rest of your life, he's the one in charge of your life, okay? And you, you pick three people in the Bible that you're like, you know, I think God wants me to emulate, live like them, whoever that is. I have picked Elijah, Nehemiah, and the Apostle Paul. Those are three people, not only uh, do I want to emulate, but I have read so many books on them and just, you know, okay, how did they get where they are? Nehemiah is a great man of prayer. Part of the reason I love Elijah is he is just bold beyond bold. Uh, I, I, I truly strive to be like that. Not, not just then, but now even more. And the Apostle Paul, he, I mean, I picked him because he's just not afraid to speak the truth either. And uh, anyways, then the, the gentleman that sunk, sunk his life into mine, he said, the other thing I needed to do was start reading biographies from great men and women of history. For instance, the first one he had me read was about a guy named General George S. Patton mm -hmm. Jr. Okay. Now, was he a Christian? Well, that's debatable. Okay. I'm going to leave that between him and God. <laughs> I say that only because there's definitely some things I'd be like, mm, I don't know if he is. However, there were times he definitely said some great stuff. So, you know, where's he at? I don't know. But that guy's life is just incredible. Uh, th there are others. Uh, Lee Iacocca is one. Uh, another... Um, I, th there's just so many, <laughs> uh, Gandhi even, I mean, so it doesn't have to be a Christian either. Okay. Gandhi was one mother Teresa is another. Um, but th this concept, this idea is there's going to be times in your life where you have to make a decision that is just, I mean, it's too much. Okay. It, it's, it's a huge decision. And what this gentleman taught me is there are times in, when you have that time in life, you need to sit down even at a table, like a, a dinner table, whatever, and you sit all these books on the table and you put the Bible on one side and you sit on the other and you basically have a board meeting. And you go, okay, Lord Jesus. And no, I'm not saying they're sitting there physically. Or I'm just saying you're <laughs> thinking about it, okay? We're not getting weird since it's, you know, around the end of October here. Um, but... Um, you think, okay, how would Jesus handle this? How would how would Elijah handle this? Nehemiah, and you go around and um, you just kind of you know glean from their wisdom if there's anything and try to get counsel through it. And I, I have done that twice in my life, and I, I can tell you it is really powerful. Um, and the other thing is, before I let Bill talk here, I'm, I guess I'm taking too much time here, but uh, really understand what love is. Okay, true love, not this love that the world has mm -hmm. been trying to take and, if you will, turn love and put it on its forehead. It's just dumb. True love. So you need to memorize. I truly encourage you to do this. Memorize all of 1 Corinthians 13, the whole thing. And then to really know what love is, go read 1 John 5, 1 through 5, of what it means to love God and love others. All right. Yeah, that's very good, Jason. And, uh, you know, so much that you said there that I could comment on. Oh, go for uh, it. What's, what stuck out to me uh, toward the beginning particularly was um, the idea of not giving away uh, your power through having a victim mentality. I, I think of, and, and the great people of history, one of the links you'll see, and also in the three people that you, I mean, I think that just about everybody in the Bible for that matter. Yeah. 
that you see them in conflicts. And what I like about the choices that you made there with uh, Jesus, uh, who did you say? Jesus, Elijah, and Nehemiah, is that mm-hmm. correct? And then the Apostle Paul. And yeah. the Apostle Paul. Um, particularly, uh, you know, you, you see Jesus and how he handled conflict. His uh, nonstop <laughs> conflicts. Right. And, and uh, it would have been so easy, again, in humanness, that is, uh, for him to say, you know what? I, I'm amongst the religious elite. They love me for my knowledge. And you know what? So... Who needs to hear about this message of repentance? Who need, they, why do they need to hear about their sin? He could, he could have very easily done that. He could have said, you know what? Now, this one would have been uh, impossible, but he could have said, you know what, Satan? Yeah, I, this world is pretty wonderful. I'll bow down to you. Sure, he could and, have done that. And, and I'll yeah. take the kingdoms of the world sure. and, and, uh, you know, and, and not get crucified. That's fantastic. Um, with he he didn't do that. He fought through all those, and we even see. I, I almost said that you didn't get to see him in anguish, but that's not true. <laughs> we got to see him in his anguish, uh, even before being crucified in the garden. Uh, what I particularly wanted to point out, though, because Nehemiah, man, that guy was rock solid. I don't yeah. know that we see a truly low point in his story where he's like, nope, I I don't want to do this anymore. But Elijah, on the other hand, right? Oh right. man, I love. Yeah. His story. Depression, pretty much. He hits absolute (laughs) rock bottom where he's like, Lord, there is nobody else in the world but me right here. And uh, and that's when God really approached him and and built him back up so he could be Mm -hmm. the man that he he called him uh, to be. And one of my, uh, one, before I make this comment, uh, people take offense pretty easily these days. You can be offended by anything, and no matter what it is, by worldly standards, we're justified. And what is supposed to happen is that we show offense, and other people are supposed to respect the offense um, that that you are showing that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've come to learn uh, through my training, through my Bible study, through um, just all sorts of life events that I've had, mm-hmm. is that life is made up with conflicts. Every day is a new conflict, whether it's a big one or a small one. And what really determines your character as a man or woman of God is how you choose to handle those conflicts. Mm-hmm. Jason, it looked like you had something to yeah. say there. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, it's just life is full of conflicts. It, it really is. And you know, regarding Jesus, at, and sadly, I think too many people look at Jesus as this weak man. He he was not weak in the least, friends. He, he's probably, the, not probably, I, I believe he was the strongest person ever to live. I, friends, not, not just because of the cross. I'm not talking about, I mean, yes, mm-hmm. that was incredible. But he truly understood the growing and becoming mature and complete, not lacking anything. Friends, he lived his life, okay, lived his life for 30 years, and then he had his ministry for three years. And during that three years, that was pretty much almost nonstop conflict. The whole thing. And what did he do most of the time when he came up against adversaries? He kind of just ignored them and moved on. And then he sunk into his disciples. Now, Remember, he was fully human. So I'm guessing 
he probably in the back of his mind was like, that Pharisee is driving me crazy. That is, that guy, I, I want to take him out. He's driving me nuts. But he generally didn't do anything. The only time he really did anything was in the temple when he had had enough. <laughs> okay, and he was like, okay. So when people tell me, I mean, <laughs> uh, yes, I'm going to go here. Okay, if anger, please hear this, and no offense, ladies who are tuning in, but you really need to hear this. If anger was always a sin, then Jesus sinned. Mm -hmm. Because it's clear in Scripture, he was angry at that time. And 1 Corinthians 13, again, you need to go memorize this whole thing. It says, love is not easily angered. It does not say, Love does not get angry. <laughs> I hope you all hear that. And I'm not advocating anger. Please hear that. But we've got to understand there is sometimes a time that being angry about something is okay. If it wasn't, Jesus wouldn't have done it. Mm -hmm. Again, a victory mindset over victim mindset. We can be a victim and say, oh, I'm not going to worry about that. And it just, okay, they can keep stepping on me all day. Okay, well, yes, they can keep stepping on you. But Jesus, instead of letting them keep stepping on him, he moved on and was like, you know what? I don't need to talk to you guys about this. Uh, I'm going to go do something else. And then ultimately, yes, he went to the cross. He, he took the greatest beating that we know of in, in the whole human history. He, he totally took it on. He wasn't the victim, though. He chose it. For when I finally realized that is a day when I became really free. He seriously chose the cross. Yes, yes. With Jesus, and uh, and I, I don't know, Nehemiah is now coming to my mind uh, right now. There is this laser focus of mission. And when I think of Nehemiah, and think about the opposition that he faced and people threatening to raid and kill everybody who was working on the wall. And Nehemiah, when I read that, I, I get this tension with Nehemiah that this frustration, you know, that uh, that you people don't understand. God has called me to do this. And I understand you don't like it. That doesn't matter. God has called me to do this. And to see his resilience, to see his uh, tenacity, is that the right word for That's it? That's a good word, yeah. Yep. That uh, nothing was going to stand in his way from getting this thing done and he was going to find different ways to have them hold a weapon in one hand and to hold a yes. shovel essentially in the other yeah. and put this wall together. No matter what the consequences, and it really was a do or die mentality that, you know, if they come and they wipe us all out, well, I guess that that was ultimately what God wanted. But I believe that God wants us to do this and we are going to get it done. Jesus, you also see that same mentality all the way through as he's praying in the garden. <clears throat> and, you know, he's, he's sweating, he's crying, he's, he's in anguish. But that's because nothing's going to stop him right. from fulfilling his father's will. 
And I think that uh, fear is one of those things mm-hmm. that oftentimes, and I, I know, in full disclosure, in my chicken little moments, <laughs> that's what happens to me. When I choose not to do the right thing, it is because of fear. What are people thinking about me? What will the consequences mm-hmm. be? Um, you know, all these questions flood my mind. Jason, yeah. how can we combat those sorts of thoughts and those sorts of feelings and maintain that laser focus that this stuff that I'm afraid of doesn't matter? Mm. I really appreciate that question. I, I think it's a great question. And, uh, you know, I can only share with you for, for myself my experience. Um, for me, it was when I, I, I had my Gandalf moment. Okay? I, <laughs> I love it. Truly, truly. It, it was draw a line in the sand, you shall not pass. That, for me, that's what it was of, you know what? I'm going to serve God no matter what. And I don't care what people think about me. I, have, I had to get to that point of not fearing. Now, please hear me. I'm not saying I won't listen to people. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm going to be so plugged into the Holy Spirit that I'm going to do what the Spirit is calling me to do. And if I start hearing things, what I call noise, okay, if I start hearing the noise around me of, oh, you don't have to do that. Oh, you know what? Think about your family. My favorite, my favorite one. Think about your children. Think about your children. Why do you think I'm doing this? <laughs> it's because of my children. Because I know that this is so much bigger than me. Mm-hmm. There is a future that's going to come. When is Jesus coming back? Guess what? I don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. Only God the Father does. And I sure hope he tells Jesus quickly, uh, hey, you get down there. But I don't know. Jesus doesn't even know. Okay? So we have to live today like Jesus is coming back in a thousand years, but at the same time, he might come today. Mm-hmm. So we have to choose to say, you know what? I'm not going to fear what people think. And so mm-hmm. I want to I add this. A person who is focused, okay, focused on what God has called them to do, a person who's tapped into the Holy Spirit, mentally strong. Again, you got to really work of getting strong of what do I believe. You don't worry about pleasing everyone. Yeah. So you have to choose, who am I going to please? Some people, straight up, they've chosen, I'm going to please myself. Now, when you do that, you're going to become very selfish and, I'll be honest, I think bitter mm-hmm. and alone. That's a choice to make, though. Yeah. I would encourage you not to make that one. Mm-hmm. Okay, You can also choose to please other people. Well, I'm just letting you know out of truly experience out of what, what's happened to me. When I did that, uh, I, I was super empty. Uh, I mean, it sure, at the time it kind of felt good, but uh, the fruit of it was worthless. Mm-hmm. Not because those people are bad. Please hear that. It's not, but it was because I was trying to please the creation and not the creator. Mm-hmm. We need to be willing to go all in for Almighty God. Jason, you mind if I share a quick Absolutely. little... Um, uh, this is something It's your that, podcast. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> one, one of the quotes that uh, uh, one of my mentors of the past um, has shared with me, and it, it, very impactful, and uh, it was something one of his mentors asked him, was because uh, he was leading an organization, and uh, his mentor asked him, 
because he, he didn't want to offend people. He didn't want to step on people's toes. He wanted to go along to get along. Yeah. And ultimately, his mentor asked him a question that just cut him to the core. And he said, do you want to be loved by people or do you want to lead people? And I think that that's very much what we got to ask ourselves every day. And not to say that, you know, you are the, the listener, that you are um, leading an organization or anything like that. But we have to be honest with ourselves. We're leading somebody. And uh, when I, I, I mentioned about my chicken little moments, but I've also had my lion heart moments, too. And uh, in those moments, uh, you know, I'll be talking with my wife or whatever. And um, what comes over me is, you know, my kids are watching me. They're watching my decisions. And if I pitter out now, they're going to see that, and that's going to be the pattern for their life. And I think to myself, do I want to see them, do I, do I want them to see me make a decision that wasn't right for the sake that I was scared? And what I say is no. And ultimately, that Nehemiah mentality kicks in that maybe they need to see me be destroyed by this. Maybe I just need to, not maybe, I need to go all in with this and show boldness, not regarding what anybody else that, frankly, in these situations would be in the wrong have to say about it. I've got to follow God. I've got to buckle down. And if this destroys me, so be it. And my children, like you said, because people say, what about your children? My children would need to see that because at the very least, one day, They'll be able to say, my dad went down with the ship. My dad had honor, and he was not afraid to make the right decision when the time came. Oh, absolutely. Um, it, it's so true. It, it is just so true. Your children, friends, if you have children, I, let's say you have children that are five and under. I'm just warning you. Whatever you're teaching them right now, I'm not talking about teaching them like in a book. Whatever they're seeing you do, they're going to do it. It, it is caught, not taught. My wife and I have six children. Our oldest will be 24 very soon. And there are times I'm like, you saw me do that? Because they're doing exactly what I showed them to do. Friends, it's not what you teach, it's what you emphasize. Okay, it really is. I'm not saying teaching, you know, the wrong thing and they won't get that. No, teach the right thing, of course. But if you teach one thing and then you are emphasizing another thing in their life, that's what they're going to learn. You know, if you talk about, for instance, oh, you're in business deals, okay? Hey, we're honest, we do our thing. But the whole time they're watching you kind of scam people, mm. that's what they're going to do. They're not going to be this upstanding citizen and a, of good character and moral integrity. They're going to do the scamming thing. Why? Because they saw you do it. So, you, again, you got to make your line in the sand. Am I going to please myself? Am I going to please others? Or am I going to please God? I just encourage you to do that, of just living out for God. Again, Hebrews 12, 11, I just want to share this. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Did you hear that? 
Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Hebrews 12, 11. And they're not talking about peace in the world, you know, peace for everybody. No, it is peace of mind. That is truly what the scriptures are trying to teach us. And I just encourage you, find it. It is so worth it. When you lay your, dad, when you lay your head down on the pillow... Don't you want to go to sleep? I know I do. I used to lay in bed for hours going, I got to go to sleep. Now, I mean, my children are like, how do you go to sleep so quick? Because I don't worry about stuff anymore. <laughs> I mean, literally 30 seconds to a minute and I'm sleeping. And I, I'll, I'll start, well, I snore now. <laughs> and so I'll start snoring and I, I will literally hear one of my kids, are you serious? I, I hear it in my sleep because I'm just, you know, kind of going down. And, I, and then I'll wake up and go, what? And they're like, Dad, it's been like 30 seconds and you already started snoring. How do you do that? <laughs> so I just encourage you, find peace in the Lord. Again, go read Hebrews 12, 11. You know what? We'll wrap it up on that note right there. Like I said, when Jason and I get together, you have to pry us apart because we just keep on going on, on and on, on and hours. on. <laughs> and so we're going to wrap it up on that note. I think it's an excellent note to wrap it up on. And I think that you have a lot of information to digest. So I encourage you to listen to this episode more than once because I think there's a lot Praise of little God. gold nuggets inside of there that you can definitely benefit from. And uh, just just be keeping these things in your heart. Treasure them. And uh, remember, don't be a victim. Be a victor. Be somebody that is going to make a, a difference in the lives of others. Don't be looking at how people are hurting you, but rather see how God is transforming you. Mm. Once again, this is the Bill Singh Podcast. My name is Bill Singh. I am with my good friend, Jason DeZurek. You all have a good day. <laughs>